even if you're in something right now, it's hard for us to see that other side when we're in it. But let me be a living witness to you. I didn't think I was coming out of this thing. Well, hello, hello. This is Shauna Weatherspoon. Welcome to this week's edition of Empower Me With Purpose podcast. We are so, so excited to be talking to you all on today. We have a queen who is definitely worthy of being our Women Crush Wednesday that you're going to be learning all about her journey and story. And we're just going to take this time just to really just sit back, relax, have her share and empower us with the universe like only this sister can. Uh, and I just want to thank you all for joining today. So whether you're watching on StreamYard, whether Facebook Live, YouTube Live, we want to make sure you are tuned in and plugged in because we are getting ready to take off. Like and share the video. You want to be empowered with purpose, you want to empower others with purpose, then you are in the right place. Now, without further ado, Ms. Tasha, welcome to the Empower Me With Purpose podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Ms. Shauna. Absolutely. Absolutely. How are you doing? I am well. This is like a long time coming, right? I'm finally, right? I can't, I'm so excited. I know. <laughs> yes, yes. We are relaunching the podcast on today. And we could not have kicked this thing off right with a be better, beautiful guest like yourself. So thank you for taking time and sharing your contribution with the, the universe. Absolutely. So who, who are you? We're going to get right into this thing. Who are you, darling? I am Tasha Ojuni. I am the owner and uh, CEO of Diella Designs Women's Fashion Brand, where I empower women to step out boldly and confidently commanding rooms with style. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm also um, a brand new author of Mustering the Strength to Fight, where I take you on my faith journey to overcoming um, trauma to triumph. And I'm mm. also a wife and a mother of three amazing, beautiful kids entrepreneur and just like Miss Shauna, so many things we're gifted at, but we're going to leave it right there for today. <laughs> woo, woo. And that's, that's so much, right? So man, just, and I, listen, I get to wear some of those beautiful designs. So I already know how literally you can command any room you walk in just by walking in with some of your lines on. And I need my new piece, by the way. So we can't wait to share that more with the world too, but how did that, I know we want to talk about the book, mm -hmm. uh, but you are, you, you are a woman like many of us who wears many hats. What prompted you, I want to talk about the clothing line, but what prompted you to finally, because I know that's not an easy thing to do, to share your story in your journey. Whew. Um, that, that's a loaded question there, but let's give it a try. Um, to be honest, it's a long time coming as well, because when we go through things, Sometimes we have to take a step back and sit back and process, process and go through what it is, but we need to be able to heal for me to be able to stand on my story and not in my story so that I can now conversate with you where it's from an empowerment standpoint and um, not from that pain. Um, and so after doing all the work, mm. after sitting back and listening to God and just conversating and asking him, what was it from this um situation that he wanted me to share, not even to share, but how was I going to take that story now and turn it into something where people can be empowered and they can, um, lives can be changed and impacted because we all have a story. And yeah. sometimes when we're in those places, we don't realize how we're coming out. And you always hear, hear people say, um, 
that there's a lesson in everything. And it yeah. took me a while to sit back and to realize what was it that God was speaking to me about uh, for my next within this story, mm-hmm. because it was very traumatic. But um, one thing I'm grateful today that he's allowed me to do the inner work, the healing, yeah. and be able to hear to, sh- to share my story from a different place. So. First of all, I commend you Thank from you. the bottom of my heart, because I know and I don't even know all the story yet, but I know how big that is to do. But you said something so just so powerful. So I want to make sure I heard you right, because I'm never going to forget it. Did you say I, I'm now standing on my story and not in my story? Exactly. Because Come on, somebody. I've never heard that like that way before. You know, it's true because huh. if I told it from a place of hurt and yes. pain, it yes. wouldn't come off as powerful as it is that I'm now have gone through therapy and, and, you know, soft the Lord, it it comes from a different place right now. Right. Right. Oh my God. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. And you just hit another on another big nugget in gym. And I think, you know, especially within our own community, Mm -hmm. we have been taught and it's been embedded in our heads for years, not to go to therapy, not to talk about what's going on mentally. Like we got all the God in the world, but we can't talk about therapy. Listen, Listen, (laughs) <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. Listen. Tell you this. Yes. So many people walking around here singing, Jesus is going to fix it. Yeah, he is going to fix it. Right. But it's also going to take some work from us. We yes. can't rely on everybody else to do everything. No. And that's no. in our community that you cannot seek therapy. Why not? Why not have biblical and practical? Yeah. That's why I got here today. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. And do you feel like, oh my God, you got me getting goosebumps all over the place. (laughs) You got me getting goosebumps everywhere. Do you feel like since you made that commitment to yourself, first of all, right? Mm -hmm. uh, And took the step and took the leap, if you will. Do you feel like that's what helped you evolve to where we are today? Like, did it take that to really for the light bulb to go off for you? Like what, what happened if you can share whatever you're open to, to say, this is it, this is the right thing. And this is the right time. Oh, it, it absolutely, what I went through was so traumatic that I needed that extra layer. Me going to therapy does not take away my relationship with Jesus Christ. That is my foundation. That's always going to be the Mm -hmm. head of my life. However, I also realized that I could, I sought out the counselor that was right for me. It didn't happen overnight. I went through probably five of them before I found someone who I connected with. But what I would say to you is, especially us and in our community, mm. we want to give up so easy. But trust me, I was worth the fight it took to find that counselor that I still have to today, that I actually just got an alert that my appointment is Friday. Okay. And I'm with my head hang, hung high. And it's just, it just bothers me because so many people in our community, we need that. People yes. in church. Are going through too, and we're relying so much on everybody in the church, the pastors, the leaders, and everybody to fix everything for us. And they're going through things too. So what makes you think that you can have and continue to? I'm not. I would never tell anybody, don't seek there, don't seek um, help from the church. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying to you today is, you have to take some responsibility and do some stuff too, and you are not doing anything against God by seeking therapy. They have Christian no. therapists if that's what you choose to. Right. I have a Christian therapist. Okay. You know? Okay. So. 
And I love it. You just said something else too. Um, I honestly, and I'm, I'm definitely at a point now where I'm not ashamed of it. I don't know why, I, I don't know about you, but at first I really felt ashamed. Like it's really come to this, like it, you out of all people are sitting in this chair, you? And my therapist looked me dead in my eye and he said 99% of the people in the world should be sitting in that chair. Okay. You know, it takes a very strong, responsible person yes. to say, you know what? I can't do this by myself. Yes, mm -hmm. Jesus is going to fix it. But just like faith without works is dead, he's not yes. going to come down here and do everything for us. That's it. And he's <laughs> given us the tools and the resources. So he's like, uh, duh, I'm waiting on you. And then you're saying you don't want to go to therapy, but he's gifted those people with that Absolutely. to be able to help us. So are you now discounting that you know yes. so we can take it so many different ways you know people want to argue that Jesus in therapy know that you shouldn't be seeking therapy outside the church and I so disagree you, I'm not saying you can't get it there but right. don't shun people who decide to get it outside of the church that's right we work mm -hmm. on our minds we work on our faith mm -hmm. why wouldn't we work on I mean we work on our bodies I'm trying to say excuse yeah. me we work on our bodies we work on our faith we work on all of these things why wouldn't we work on our mind yeah you know, so I'm I'm so glad to hear you talking so openly about it. And it's another thing too is it's truly like when I describe it to other people, I said it's the closest. I was talking to one of my girlfriends one day, and I said it's like dating almost. Like because the first one that I worked with was not a fit for me at mm -hmm. whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And and instead of me saying okay, let me find someone who is a better fit, I honestly threw therapy all out the window. It mm -hmm. took me about another year because mm -hmm. it felt like dating and I don't want to never date again. I don't want to do that again. I've been there. The first <laughs> I wanted, and you talking about five and I was, I'm struggling with two. I'm telling you the first couple that I went to and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, I just felt like they were staring through my soul. There yes. was no connection. Yes. And when, I found this, when I found this last therapist, from the time I walked in the door and her greeting me, yeah. She gave me this grandmotherly feel and like, mm. you know, I, and I had lost my, I lost my grandmother that I talk about in the book too. So it was, it was some, it, the connection was just amazing. And you just know it, right? You know it, you know it instantly. Yeah. So yeah. Right. it's kind of like, so one of the hats that we both share in common as well is our real estate hats, right? <laughs> oh Lord. And it's kind of like, is it, don't you, I never thought about that to just now. It's kind of like when you, when you take a client in a house and they know it's their house. Exactly. It's no different. It. I've never made that connection before to right now. You know what? That's so true. It's so, now that she said it, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm taking people in homes and they're like, oh no, this isn't it. But then you see their mm -hmm. body reaction. That's exactly how finding the right therapist is. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so some takeaway tips on finding the right therapist for you and your experience. What, what must you have on that list? Connection. Okay. I, I wanted someone who also, I felt like could understand the journey within my culture, mm -hmm. you know, um, mm -hmm. patient, someone who was going to not be my sister girlfriend and tell me if I'm sitting down here and this is not aligning with how I'm going to get to that next side. Don't yes. sugarcoat it. I can't, it was a struggle to get here. I went through some stuff to get here. So Amen. just give it to me just raw so I can yes. just go get to my next side because I have a lot of stuff to do. That part. Lots <laughs> don't of stuff. Time to be playing. None. <laughs> None. Zero. Period. 
I, I agree. I think that that's that those are very, very powerful points. Mm-hmm. Um, I could add a couple really quick. Uh, for me, it was finding someone who was bold enough and courageous enough to tell me the truth. That was, mm-hmm. I needed that. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, I went into it saying, nope, she needs to look like me. She needs to understand my journey. Mm-hmm. She needs this, she needs that. And none mm-hmm. of that worked for me. I think that's, that's so good for people to hear. Cause I, I had a huge misconception about that as well, mm-hmm. going into the deal. And me and that sister, I was like, how much time, much longer do I have to sit in this room? Cause I could just feel like as soon as this clock ticked, she was on to the next. And I felt every bit. It of felt there was no connection, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it. Mm-hmm. You know it. So that's good. That's that's so, so good. Thank you, honestly, for sharing that. For sharing for sure. that. You just Now you just assign me something. <laughs> God, doggy. I just got, we got to do it. We got to do it. For the book that we're going to be talking about, it's this powerful sister with her gloves up. Actually, that's the promo picture. The actual okay. cover, the actual ah. actually is, it's, um, there's a boxing ring. Yes. And you see this shadow of a man in um, boxing cape and he's getting yep. ready to go into the ring. And then that's you turn right. the back of the book over and the gloves are on the ring. And that is symbolic to my story. We're going into the fight at the yep. back of the book. I got the victory. I got to get my book. So I got to get my book ASAP. So let's talk about the book. What, why must we, we read it? What must we know? Cause you know, we, and that's the thing, like, and I, and you're a visionary. So a lot of times we can have stuff on the list. We want to know what made you say, nope, the book is getting written now. The time is now. Tell us all about it. It's, it's all your time. Years ago, three of my siblings got into a fight. Mm. One of my siblings passed away from his injury. And the other sibling, the second sibling was faced with serving 20 years in jail. And when this thing happened to me, happened to my family, I was totally devastated. I I can never forget the call one Friday evening. And at that time, Hmm. I was a hairstylist working in my salon at home because I had just had a baby. My baby was six months old at the time. Mm -hmm. And when I got that call from my mother to get to the hospital, it took, I couldn't even process what she had just said to me that they had gotten to this fight that my brother um, was rushed there. Mm. And unfortunately, um, before I could get to the hospital, my brother had passed away from his injury. And it was at that moment, um, being the person I am, even though I'd lost my younger brother, one of my younger brothers, my heart went to, oh my God, what's going on with the other two? Because at that time they had been taken to the police station, they were gonna charge one with my brother's death. And so I made up my mind to um, be the person to stand for my brother because, yeah. and people question or and wonder how could I have done that with what I had gone through. Mm-hmm. And to me, it, it isn't simple for someone else, but it was simple for me because I realized that everybody, I don't care who you are, needs somebody at some point in their lives yeah. to be able to stand. Like, can you think about the worst moments of your life and imagining not having that somebody. And so, yeah, it was difficult for me. I was facing losing a brother. I was also facing losing, almost losing a brother to um, 20 years, not seeing him for a very long time. Right. And so I took that stand um, to stand for him and to fight for him in court with the public defender and by God's grace, nothing but God's grace. And how old were you at the time? And how old was your brother? 
Who oh, my brother who passed was 19. Mm-hmm. That was the brother. My other brother was um like in his early 20s. They both they're all were in their early 20s. Okay. And I was in my early 30s. Okay. And so um and you're the oldest of everyone? I'm the oldest. I'm the okay. big the big sister mama figure, so to speak, kind of thing. And um mm. I just knew from our history and even even taking it back to childhood where we were physically, mentally, and emotionally abused by my mom's husband, who happened to be a minister in the church. Mm. And I just kept, all this stuff just kept going on in my mind, like, this is not a way for my brother to go out. I cannot let him fight this fight alone. And I didn't judge anybody else who didn't want to stand with me. I did what God called me to do, even if it meant I had to stand alone. And I did stand alone because every time my brother went to court, I was there. I was finding a babysitter for my baby. Yeah. I was writing him. I just wanted him to get through this because when you think on a deeper level, he has to sit every day in jail knowing that our brother had passed away. Mm-hmm. And sadly, when I said I didn't want to lose two brothers, the third brother I wound up losing a couple of years later because he slowly developed mental illness and he was mm-hmm. killed by law enforcement. So it was so many things going on within this one story. But I'm telling you, if you think about that poem that we all know, Footprints in the Sand. Yeah. And at those times in your life and you like, okay, God, where are you? I don't see you on either side of me. God was the wind behind my back because I'm telling you, there is no other way I could have gotten through this. It was my faith. It was Mm. my faith. Those days I couldn't pray. When only the tears would come out, I felt him there. And I'm just grateful that he has put the heart in me that I have because I couldn't even imagine not being there for my brother. You know, I know my mom lost her children, two of her kids and, you know, family was just going through a lot, but it's just the burden of not being there for him. I couldn't handle it. And so with all that being said today from that, place where I can stand on my story, I realized that there are so many things going on within our communities that we need to break. Generational cycles of abuse, you know, the situation where siblings fight, but the enemy came in and wreaked havoc. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I take it back to my brothers also being physically abused by my mom's husband. And as a Black man being demeaned and beaten on not knowing it, it it creates this, I don't know, not being able to handle conflict yeah. is what I saw when I thought about this whole yes. fighting. And so I wanted to just take people on my faith journey. I wanted them to see through a different lens, that compassion piece, because yes. every interview that I've had, people have, have asked me, wow, you never seem like you um, no. had anything against your brother. You no. Like, were you ever angry with him? Did you, I didn't, and I can't even explain it. And it's like, when I tell people that I was, I was not that way toward him, they, it's like, is she lying? Or like, is she put, this was nothing but God. Yeah. Nothing yeah. but God. So, you know, I just want people to see through a different lens. Like it's so much bigger than what we see on the surface. You never know what people are going through, what they're going, have gone through, what they're getting ready to go through. We're either going through something, coming out of something, or we'll go through something. About to be. 
this, right. honestly, yeah. this has taught me to look at stuff from a, di- a different lens because even when I see these kids on the street that my daughter works with who are in gangs and toting guns, and I listen to that backstory, they all have a story. If we were to take that child that we see and just talk to them for five minutes, right. you'd find out the whole story right there. And so it's just teaching people to see from a different lens, knowing that your faith can put, get you through anything, knowing that God can make everything beautiful in his time, that you don't see your way out, but that just think about that other side. Like I'm here today because nothing but the grace of God has brought me here to be able to share this story. So, you know, you, we talk yeah. all night. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, because you have said it once again, so many powerful things. You, here's my takeaway for you. That leads me to the next question. And I'm like, I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm thinking, okay, because it, it's so many layers and it's so deep. Everything you said, we, we're talking physical abuse. Mm-hmm. We're talking mental abuse. Mm-hmm. We're talking, you could have threw in the whole idea of faith and Christianity and being ministered by anyone after what you experienced in your own household Mm -hmm. you could have had all type of bitterness that held you down so and and I know that had to factor in some way and affect you in all of those different ways and here you are still standing up standing in your truth sharing your story but people would look at you and never think you've experienced or been through any of those things so for you, what's the, what's, nobody would know that, right? So for you, what is, how, how did you keep moving forward and keep fighting every day for the things you believe in and that are important to you without letting all of that baggage, if you will, uh, not affect you and make you bitter and stop you from dreaming and, and moving forward to empower your life and those of others that you serve? You know what? It is so many layers to this story and so much was coming at me. You know, wife, mom, kids at home, just had a new baby. I had to put my business, I I started scheduling my appointments around my brother and I really just didn't have time for it. And and people ask me, you know, what what did people think about me standing? If, If there was anything said, I never heard it. But all I know is I kept my focus on God. I kept my faith and I just... I knew my brother needed somebody like put yourself in, in, in his shoes. Like mm-hmm. he needed somebody and not, not having me there. I can't even imagine because I could very well be sitting here telling you that I've lost three brothers. Absolutely. So I, Absolutely. Um, I pushed, it was hard. I'm not going to lie to you. It wasn't yeah. an easy path to walk because sure. at the end of the day, I'm standing up. Now, you know how short I am. I'm standing <laughs> up, you know, and now, I well, let, let the rest of the people know how short are you? Or I'm five two. I'm five two, <laughs> but with heels, I'm five four now. <laughs> I'm five four with the heels. <laughs> but no, seriously, I'm standing up to a prosecutor who, mm. on one hand, is fighting for the person who happens to be my brother, who's yeah. passed. Right. And other brother, he's fighting against to bring justice for this other brother. And here I am, smack dab in the middle. And the truth of the matter is I would have been fighting just as hard for my brother who had passed away as I was for the, my brother who was Damn serving this time, but that yeah. wasn't the case. And I just right. had to dive in and fight for him the best way that I could. Mm. I mean, literally 
people are so in awe when I tell them this, and I promise you, I explain mm-hmm. it the best way I can, but it is nothing but divine intervention. That, yeah. that I can't That's even- That's a great example it, of that. I can't yeah. explain it any other way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, you question, did you ever question why you, at any point of going through that process in time? You know what? <laughs> it's funny that you say that because Tasha Lockhart has that song, Why Me? And in the song mm-hmm. it says, because I was graced to do it and, and why not me? You know, we all hear Mm -hmm. God won't give you anything more than what you can handle. And he saw me stronger than I saw myself. And this Mm -hmm. situation (laughs) took parts of me to give that I didn't even know I had to give. And it's it's coming into grips with I'm actually stronger than I actually think I am to have gone and overcome something like this and be able to stand like I did. So, yes, I commend you. I commend you, girl. Thank menu. You. So tell me this from the from the <laughs> moment you thought about because we all have a book within us and we all have a story, mm-hmm. right? So from the moment that thought hit your mind to the actually getting it done, how long was that process? Tell the truth. Who fix it, Jesus? What <laughs> <are> us? <laughs> Let's just keep it real, real here. Yeah. I already eventually had came to grips that I was supposed to write this book, but let me tell you, I can't count how many prophetic words I've gotten by strangers that I was supposed to write this book. Uh-huh. And I just think to myself, they don't know what they're talking about. Apparently mm. I, so. Mm. You was fighting it. Right. Oh, I was fighting it. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't even like writing. Like, what are you talking about? Write a book. Mm-hmm. Oh, funny how God works. The year before the quarantine. Uh-huh. I'd gone to a conference and there were some breakout sessions. And one of the sessions was deliverance. Okay. Tasha is sitting in here with probably 50 or more people. Everybody else getting delivered. Lady comes, puts her hand on my shoulder and says, you know, you're supposed to be speaking, right? You know, you're supposed to write this book, right? And I'm thinking to myself, I thought I signed up for like a deliverance prayer. Everybody else getting delivered, but I'm getting Apparently, I'm getting delivered from my not using my voice. That was my that's the joke that I had with God after, like, oh, okay, you're not about to be falling out and stuff. We're just gonna tap you real quick and let you know. Yes. And so after that, the quarantine happened. We had nothing but time. Come on. I'm sitting, we're at home for a year. And I said, you know what? I started with my Google Docs, and every Mm -hmm. morning I would get up at four when it was really quiet in my house and start writing this book. Yeah. But the kicker is. The book that I thought I was supposed to start writing was the book about the abuse from my stepfather. I had like 15 pages of that, but God redirected me like he does us a lot. And when I began to write this book, it just flowed. And I said, you know what, Jesus, the way you do stuff. And before I know it, getting up at 4 a.m. for 30 minutes started turning into one hour, two hours, three hours. And before you know it, I was done with the book. And here I am today. Amen. Amen. And yeah, you are sitting here talking to us. <laughs> I, I just posted the other day and I said, when it's, when it's in you, it's in you. It's what you can't, ain't no sense in you running and hiding from it because it won't allow, it won't let you. Yeah. It will not allow you to do that. It, this and, and not, it was just so tough because what the book is about and you know how the enemy comes in and he's oh, like, yes. don't nobody want to hear that story. Who, who oh, are yes. you going to help with that story? Oh, yes. And I went through that whole cycle and prior to me releasing it, oh my God, it was just, it was tough for me. 
I went through a whole lot of different emotions. And what I feel like you relived some of it through writing it? No, it was very therapeutic because there were some moments when I would get up to write Mm -hmm. that I guess it was some unhealed areas I really needed to work on that tears began to flow and I had started to feel palpitations. And then during those times, I would say, okay, that's enough for today. Let me just push away from it. We're going to come back to it tomorrow. So it was not only, it was a process for me. And even as I speak today and share my story, it's still a process. It's like, I'm still going through parts of my healing journey. But what is so comforting to me is that when I first began to share my story, I was on Clubhouse. Mm. And I was scared. I was terrified. I went into this room for the very first time. Uh And this is how God, you know, when God's hand is all over something. I went in that room and I said, oh, you know, somebody in here needs some strength to push through something bold that they're doing. And God said, hit that little hand button. And I was like, no, I am not today. I'm just going to sit and listen. It's my first time in the room. And he kept unctioning me to hit it. They bring me up. Not only did they, I come in the room, they brought me up to the stage and I'm just like, okay, Jesus, we don't get down like this. You know, I'm an introvert. I don't talk. Why am I up here? I shared a few minutes of the story and it took a turn for something I didn't even expect because people began to speak prophetically into my life. People began to sow into my book, sow resources, financial. And I walked out of this book with prayers being uplifted and $2,500 to be able to push from total strangers. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. $2,500. The first person said, you know what? I'm going to sell 500 into your book because I know how expensive writing books are. Another person, three people sold 500 and the audience amongst itself built it up to that $1,000. Do you know I'm getting in Clubhouse today? Won't he do it? Are you in just because you step into faithful. that room, Yep. Faithful and, and obedient to what I said. Listen, with I your arms it. and your mind wide open and being open to the idea of it. I'm like, and I, I'm like, Lord, oh. I'm like, Lord, I didn't come in here for the, these people to give me no money. It I ain't know. about that. It is about obedience and doing what God has called you to do. And when I tell you, it wasn't even the money that was sold into me. Do you know how many people sent me DMs? Oh my God, I just heard you speak on Clubhouse. Thank you for sharing your story. Wow. I have a brother who's incarcerated. Wow. I'm going through this. My son, this, you know, just giving me that encouragement. And it was just, I can't even tell you the joy that I felt that Friday evening because I was questioning yeah. why I was writing the book. Yeah. But then when I left that room, it was like, it was that moment during this process, like when I felt like God was behind my back pushing me and he sent people to, it's like every step of this process, he sent people to push me and he knows I'm very analytical since Mm -hmm. we went all the steps, what what we doing, how we doing it. (laughs) He said not in this season. So what has been happening to me is every time I take one step, he's, he, he takes two and he keeps sending the people. I'm questioning, okay, how am I going to do this? Okay, Lord, I want to do this. And God has just showed up every single time. So, you know, you just, I'm telling you, girl, oh my God, you got me over here on fire. You got me on. This like part one, two, and three. You see what I'm saying? We might have to work on a series or something because here's the thing. Like I'm just sitting here thinking about the families personally that I'm connected to personally, professionally, however you want to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they struggle, especially if they're a prideful, prominent kind of family. They do struggle with their family being locked up and incarcerated. 
so so what words of wisdom and advice would you give them because they need to hear I feel like they need to hear it from you directly you know what there are so many men and women behind bars who have gone through things and I'm sure so many of them probably wish that they could go back and change things but even though it's hard you releasing whatever it is between you and that family member it's not just for them it's for you too that it's going to heal you too and just being able to start to heal and mend whatever is going on with that within that family is going to be therapeutic for everybody you know, I'm not saying rushing to it. Maybe it can start with a letter because one thing I've learned into therapy too is sometimes you just need to get those feelings out. If that means you got to write it to yourself, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. get it out. Yep. You know, and so just yeah. compassion, you know, okay. we all want compassion, Yeah. but it's really hard to give it, but we want to give it to the people we want to choose to give it to. And these situations teach us that you don't have a, it isn't about the people that you like. Like, yeah, I can give Shana compassion, but can I give compassion to that person who did me wrong? Because trust me, I have been there and I am there. Mm-hmm. And those processes take a lot out of you. Yeah. But it's like, you know what? Where I'm going, I have no time to be holding on to that stuff. And and there are things that I'm dealing with still yeah. where I'm still working through the process, but the key yeah. word I'm working yeah. I'm not all the way there yet. I'm not sit, I'm not going to sit here and tell you right. that, okay, this story brought these things out of me, but there are other parts of my life where I'm, yes. I'm having to still work on that. So Absolutely. it's a process. And so they just need to realize it's a process. It isn't going to happen overnight, but right. oh my God, what these men, I'm telling you, when I listen to my daughter speak about these kids and, and what my brother went through, they need somebody. There Absolutely. is, there is no prison reform. They are coming out more broken than what they went in with. Yep. Yep. They are not getting the therapy that they need. Nope. My brother came out and one of the um, judges rules were to get therapy. He's off probation. Do you think they gave him the therapy? Mm -mm. No. Mm -mm. And so there's no follow-up. His probation officer, even, you know, it's a quick, okay, you okay. This is clean. Okay. Next. On to the next person. And where I'm talking about these generational cycles of abuse that happen in our community. People think jail all the time is the answer, but they're being broken down even more. I can see if you were actually reforming them. So it's it's a lot. And it's a lot on the family members and it's a lot on the person that's there. So I'm just saying, just try to, just try to have compassion. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great way to segment into before we close and get on with the day. So God, yeah, we're gonna have to do a series. <laughs> we're just gonna have to do a series. Oh my goodness, my wheels are constantly turning. So compassion is the key word you want us to hear and take away, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what two two questions? What now that the book is out? Uh, to, well, first of all, tell us where can we find the book? How much is it? How can we connect and support you and get the book out there and share it? Thank you. Um, the book is on my website, born the number two empowerher.com. It's also available on Amazon. Um, and you can follow me on my journey at my born to empower her Instagram page, where the link will take you right there to purchase. And so I just invite you to follow me on my journey because I'm processing and still going through with you. Sometimes people want to know that you have, you, you are, you're going through what they're going through or where they are and yeah. they can receive it a little bit better. 
And so, yeah. We are a work in progress, this I know. But the good, the beauty of it is we're making progress every day. And I just, actually, I just saw, I was just in Harlem, Mm -hmm. just in Harlem. And for the first time in New York in general, and I walked past this gentleman and he was selling, I don't even remember what he was selling, but whatever he, whatever he was selling, he said, hey, hi. said, hey, how you doing? I said, I'm wonderful. I said, how are you doing? He said, sis, I'm getting amazing. He said, I'm amazing and I'm getting better every day. Yeah. And I said, oh, I'm still in that. Isn't that, man, when you make up your mind, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, but I'm going to keep getting better, evolving and working on myself every single day. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to tell myself that every day now. Like I made it up myself. Absolutely. <laughs> and you're doing that. You are doing that. I've watched you do for years now. I've watched you take on some big things. So I know how huge for this, how huge this is for you. And I think it clearly, definitely states that you are a champ. You are a champion. Yeah. And I think you're championing others to do the same, you know, and to get into that ring and be, come out of there victorious, regardless mm-hmm. of all the stuff you know so to wrap us up we know how to get in touch with you we're going to share your instagram handles Mm -hmm. what has this experience taught you and what would you share with our audience and encourage us to do as we move forward in our journey man all i'm gonna say for what is what one thing it's taught me is to have more confidence in myself because i am stronger than i think than i thought i was indeed like when i just sit back and reflect on what i went through Mm-hmm. And God's track, flawless track record with me. Come on. I, I, I'm capable of more. And even though I'm on this process, I can't wait to see what he does, does and how he uses it. Mm-hmm. And for the audience, oh my gosh, it's, I don't think we have enough time to even let me tell them, <laughs> I need to tell them, but man, all I know is life happens. It happens to all of us. We are not what we went through. We are not our experiences. And my heart is especially for the women. I want to show you how you can take that pain and yeah. turn it into purpose. Yes. Because everything in life we've gone through serves a purpose. Yeah. Every step I've taken, God keeps putting those pieces of the puzzles in. And that's a part of the puzzle. And so yeah. I just want you to know, even if you're in something right now, I know it looks, it's hard. And I know you it's hard for us to see that other side when we're in it, but let me be a living witness to you. I didn't think I was coming out of this thing. I could have Mm. very well developed mental illness like my brother, but for for the grace of God, I'm here. And so just know that one day you're going to look back on what you went through and that's going to be a sister girl like Miss Shauna that you're (laughs) going to be able to conversate with. And you're going to be sharing your story because your, your story has purpose. Your, your story has purpose. So this has been such a pleasure. Oh, I love you. I love you. And in virtual hugs, because I'm getting chills. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I cannot thank you again, sister. Thank you for sharing your part of your story and your journey. And we're just grateful. We're just, we're just honored and we're grateful. Thank you. I'm, I'm thankful for the right people God is aligning me with because your tribe, it, it, it plays a big part in your process. <laughs> the right one. And you know what? Isn't we that's another whole segment we could do as well, right? But Look. I think again, we know, right? Like you, we've never now all these times we've had conversation, text message, one amazing uh birthday lunch we shared together a couple years ago. Yeah. Well, you you sometimes you don't know how or what it's gonna look like or how it's gonna happen. You just know, you just know. 
I know. And here we are. And then you sending me that random text and now here I am over there working with you. <laughs> yes! I, I laughed at you yesterday because I said, we need to do some DNA stuff because she, oh, when you were talking about that um, home, now you know I love me some home staging and decorating. Yes, I do. Once our wheels get going. You forget about it, baby. I, and <laughs> that, that's a whole nother um, link too, because I'm like, how to process when you're so creative and know how to do a lot of things and you just want to do all the things together. That's so, it. That's so it. But it's, it's connecting, it's collaborating, it's getting in alignment and saying, you know what? I, I, there's, it's got to make sense, of course, yeah. but if it does, why not? <laughs> why not? See, that's you know, you. <laughs> get out your own way, get out your own head. We all do it, but it's over for that. For sure. It's, uh, it's over for that. And it's, it's just about, and, and I can't, I say, I know I say it all the time, but it's seriously about staying and being committed 100% to only being in great company. Yeah. Yes. Period. Sure. Sherry, I don't, I, I don't have time. We don't have, we don't have time to do nothing else. We don't. We, <laughs> we don't. got 80,000 things to do today. <laughs> Man, I know you have all the notebooks and journals over there that I do. Yes, ma'am. And, and, I, hmm. and yes, I didn't, ma'am. I didn't write them in, write the stuff in a journal. Like this is what I want. I wrote it as if I already have it. Done. I got to get moving. <laughs> it's done. That's it. That's it. And moving we are, moving we are. Thank you all again. I want to give a huge thank you to all of our guests for tuning in today. I want to thank you for having this courageous conversation and contributing everything you have in all the most beautiful ways you do in the world. Uh, I want to thank everyone who is involved with Raising Our Daughters Foundation. This is exactly why we started this podcast and had to relaunch it because everything we do It sows a seed to help somebody else grow, evolve, and become their best selves like they really, really should in the most fabulous way. And while we're doing all of these great things, we are raising money. We are giving away scholarships to help not only our young girls to build up strong, beautiful, young, powerful young women, young girls and women, but we're we're always reinventing ourselves. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the donations and scholarships too, they they are going to women up in their upwards of 50 plus years old. God's work is never done with us. That's what our foundation is all about. That's what it's about to show you as beautiful as this thing is sitting before us with her glamorous self. She's been through some things and we all have. And that doesn't have to stop you. You can still get better every single day. You don't have to become bitter and let that take away from all of God's glory. Everything you waiting on is waiting on you. Everything you are waiting on is waiting on you. If you are bold enough to go get it, if you are open, if you're willing to heal and do the work like Miss Tasha, we gonna get there. We gonna get there. Woo, I'm on fire. Oh, I am Shauna Weatherspoon. Natasha, tell us who you are again because I don't want to mess up your last name. (laughs) I am Tasha Ojunui and you can find me at bornthenumber2empowerher.com. Yes. Yes, we couldn't have done it better and sat with anybody better than you on today. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for being our Women Crush Wednesday. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye.